Hey there, welcome to the She Connects podcast. I'm thrilled that you are here. My name is Susan Vandenhuvel, and I have the honor of being your host each and every week. She Connects is an extension of my ministry, She Rises, and allows me to connect with women in the online space. I wholeheartedly believe that we as women enjoy connecting with one another to share hearts, disappointments, dreams, any challenges that we're facing, and really to just do life together. The heartbeat behind this podcast is to help empower and equip you to step into all that God has for you to do in this world. I'll be sharing whatever God has placed on my heart for the week, and from time to time, I invite guests on the show that I personally have gleaned and been inspired from, people that I admire and I just maybe want to learn a little bit more from and that I believe you will appreciate listening to. So welcome. I cannot wait to connect with you today. Hey everyone, welcome back to the She Connects podcast. My name is Susan. I'm so honored that I get to be your host again this week. We have a few people that are new around here in the online space here with She Connects, and I just want to say welcome to you. Um, We're excited that you are joining us, and I just feel like it's such an honor to connect with anyone in the online space. So you are just so welcome here. Um, Thank you for tuning in. You know, I think that we have in our world so many great resources right now in the online space, especially with just kind of the way 2020 went. Uh, You know, so many things moved to the online space because that's what we had to do. (laughs) We weren't meeting in person. And so we, you know, kind of had to pivot and think outside the box. And I don't know if you would resonate with this at all, but I think that pivot was like probably the most used word in all of 2020. I mean, wow. (laughs) Are you like me? Do you feel like you have pivoted so much that you kind of maybe even feel a little dizzy? (laughs) Wow. Okay. So anyway, so I say all that to say that, you know, it just is not lost on me that there are so many great resources and um, things available in the online space right now to help people grow um, just personally, their own personal development, to grow in their marriages, to grow in their faith, whatever. Um, There's just so many fabulous resources right now in the online space, including a lot of great podcasts. I think that in 2020, man, I just think that that was the year for podcasts. They just exploded. Um, And so, you know, just knowing that you are here um, and tuning into the She Connects podcast, um, you know, in addition to all of the other things that you're probably uh, listening to in the online space, thank you. Thank you for joining me. I'm just so honored that you're here. I am in the middle of a three-part little mini-series that I started last week here on the podcast that is kind of bringing listeners into uh, the message that I shared at the annual She Rises Women's Conference that was held just a couple of weeks ago on April 9th and 10th. If you aren't aware, I am the creator and founder of She Rises here in Minnesota. You can check that out at www.sherisesmn.org and you know learn all about that and a little bit more about me if you feel so inclined. But 
I shared uh, a message at that annual conference. I always speak on Friday evenings. And, you know, I got to thinking that this is the second year that the women's conference has been sold out. And we had quite a lengthy uh, waiting list to, you know, just kind of fingers crossed, hoping that they could get in, you know, if somebody last minute wasn't able to come or, or whatnot. And so it's a great problem to have. But, you know, my heart always feels like, oh, I don't want anybody to miss out. And so I decided, well, what a great opportunity to kind of bring a little bit of my message that I gave at She Rises here to this online space and, you know, just allow women who were unable to attend um, to hear a little bit about what I shared. And even for women that were there, um, you know, to maybe just kind of be reminded or to have a refresher, you know, to be able to just kind of maybe go back in their notes or be reminded of what God spoke to them on Friday night. So anyway, I am in the middle of a three-part mini-series. I started it last week, and uh, this three-part uh, mini-series really encompasses the three main points in my message that I gave at She Rises, that we would be women who are awakened to our potential, who we are in Christ, aligned to kingdom principles, and those are what governs our thoughts, our decisions, uh, you know, how we uh, view God, how we approach Him, how we see ourselves, our lives, and our future, and then fully activated to bravely take steps toward the plans and the purposes that God has for each of our lives. And so last week, I introduced the first point from my message, and that was uh, rising as as an awakened woman here on on the earth. And so, you know, we're going to be kind of diving into the middle of this this three part message or series, excuse me, this three part series. And so, you know, if you feel a little lost, or maybe you kind of feel like mm, I'm not sure that I'm tracking here, can I just humbly encourage you to go back and listen to last week's message because, um, you know, my entire message at She Rises was really looking at the life of Esther in the Bible, the, the woman Esther, and how God used her in such a powerful and impactful way. And so I kind of really introduced her to all of the listeners here on the podcast and a little bit about who she was and her background. And I really believe that understanding who she was and, you know, just kind of her background and her story, just really key points to her story, really kind of sets us up for this week's episode and then next week's episode. So um, they really do build upon one another. Um, so I would encourage you to go back and listen to last week's message if you haven't had a chance to do that, just so that you can track and, you know, you're you aren't confused. So anyway, let's get into it. This week we're talking about being aligned, aligned to kingdom principles. And those are really what governs our decisions, our thoughts, how we approach God, how we see our lives, how we see our future, um, how we how we just, you know, the thoughts that we think about ourselves and how we, um, how we view ourselves, the lens in which we're viewing ourselves through. Back about a month ago, I did quite a lengthy series on being aligned. And, um, you know, I invited some really great guests into 
into that series and we just covered kind of a kind of a wide range of topics as as it relates to being aligned in this world and really kind of the overarching message of all of those episodes in that series is that you know yes we are a part of the world but we're not of the world those are two different things that you know in other words we are living on the wor- in the world we are you know alive on the planet yes you know right now that is where we are but our citizenship is in heaven so we're just passing through here and in order for us to be kingdom minded women you and i need to disassociate any ties that we have with the world's ways of doing things, the world's system, the world's mindset, the world's way of responding and behaving and thinking and, you know, just sort of the things even that the world places its emphasis and value upon. And then as kingdom women, we turn from those things and fully align ourselves to kingdom principles. And when you and I do that, we can have a far reaching impact in the world for the kingdom. And that is God's heart for you. So as we're looking at um, the story of Esther, again, I just really encourage you to just read her story in the Bible. You can find her story in the book of Esther in the Old Testament. It's a short book, but it is so powerful. It is really, truly one of my favorite books to read. I just I, I just love the story of Esther and I I glean fresh insight every time I read it. So we know that um, you know based upon what we what we talked about last week in last week's episode that you know she became a queen, queen of the queen of the, the nation and um, you know in the area that she was living in. We know that she was an orphan, that, you know, that she just kind of came from a life of obscurity and she was poor. She was being raised by by her cousin Mordecai. And so she, you know, she becomes this queen. But when we think about her story and as it relates to us, you know, applying what we read and understand from Esther's story, we see that Esther came to an understanding that she was positioned as queen for our far-reaching impact. She understood that she needed to let go of how she maybe had hoped her life would be or, you know, just kind of living a queen's life, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I've never been a queen. I've never been friends with a queen. I've never been, uh, you know, up close to what a queen's life looks like. But I have to believe that, you know, she became queen and she was living life as a queen, whatever that looks like for people that are in that position. And so, you know, just kind of living the queen's life, you know, doing whatever she does on a day-to-day basis. But knowing, as we discovered last week, that she also had a Jewish heritage. And when she became queen, that information was not disclosed to the king, her husband, the king, and his entourage, if you will. Um, And so it was just kind of something that she held close to her heart. And Mordecai, uh, her cousin, kept um, close to his heart. It just wasn't information that was kind of made known or made, made public. But, you know, at this point in Esther's story, she she was really 
she really came to a place where she understood that, you know what, me living this safe, comfortable life as the queen, I need to lay that down. I need to let that go because obviously things are changing in my life and I'm about to disclose this information to the king and I don't know how this is going to go. And so if I were to kind of modernize this for you and me today, I wonder if you've ever had to, you know, lay things down, let things go. How you maybe once thought your life was going to go, you kind of had to let that go. You had to lay that down. Or maybe you were, you know, kind of, you know, running in, in this lane, but just, you know, could sense that God was was done with that part of your life. And he was wanting you to turn the corner, so to speak, and begin to, you know, lend yourself your energy and, you know, your gifts to this particular thing that he was doing in your life. For me personally, I mean, that's happened to me multiple times in my 28 years of serving the Lord. But most recently, I could tell that in the last part of 2019 and then all of 2020 that God was really, really leading me to lay something down that had been a part of my life for a really long time. It was, you know, just a really big, uh, a big role in my life. It impacted some of the decisions that I made and, you know, really what I lent my energy and my time and my focus to. And so knowing that God was, you know, asking me to lay that down and to let that go, it came at a cost. That was a really big and very weighty decision. It wasn't just something that I woke up one day and felt like, oh, I think I'll do this today. It, I mean, it was a really big decision for me. And it was so big that you know, I I spent some time praying into it and fasting over it. You know, God, is this you? Are you really wanting me to do this? And, you know, I, I invited, you know, people into my life, people, you know, like my husband and a couple of other people to speak into this, people that knew my heart, people that know me really well, know the, the message that I'm carrying in my heart, the calling that God has on my life and the gifts that he's placed on the inside of me. And just, you know, basically, what do you think about this? This is what I feel like God is leading me to do. And I don't know. I mean, this just seems so, so bold and so risky and I don't know. And, and so just inviting people even into that that decision making and, uh, you know, just trusting them that they that they know my heart, that they know me and just even not so much, you know, just looking for them to provide a solution or even tell me what to do so much. I wasn't so much looking for that, but just, you know, looking for that that safe space to be able to kind of think out loud and share my heart and share like, I don't know about this. It just seems so, wow. <laughs> and, and so for me, I felt like the Lord was just really saying to me, Susan, I called you to that and my grace and my favor and my hand of blessing was upon you in that season for a season. 
but my grace is not upon you and upon that being a part of your life anymore. That season has come to an end and my grace and my favor upon you in that area of your life has lifted and I'm doing a new thing in your life and I need you to trust me and let that go. Trust me with your life. Trust me that I know what I'm doing and what I'm calling you to is going to be good for you. So just like Esther, you know, she understood she needed to turn a corner, so to speak, and let go of any ties that she had with her old life, the world system, what others would think of her, and fully align herself with God's plan and purpose for being in the position of queen to begin with. You know, as we read her story, of course, we, we understand, you know, according to scripture, she was beautiful. Um, Esther was a beautiful young woman and, you know, did that capture the attention of the king? It was, you know, she was, she was with this other big group of women that were also being considered for queen. And so was it her, her beautiful looks? Is that what captured the attention of the king? Sure. But if that's all that we consider, that it was up to the king and, and it was just Esther's good looks that made her the queen and is what got her into that position, man, we are missing the, the bigger perspective here, the, the bigger lens here, that God was at work behind the scenes um, positioning Esther for such a moment in her life as this, for such a time as this, and that God had created her for a far-reaching impact, and he was the one that positioned her as queen, that it had um, so much more to do with, with God's hand at work in Esther's life than it did with Esther's good looks. I mean, we really have to begin to align ourselves and see ourselves and see our lives and see our future through the lens of heaven. And when we begin to do that, we begin to see ourselves in, you know, in this greater expanse of wow, God is at work in my life and it has far more to do with me than just kind of, you know, living my life for myself and walking through this life just, you know, hoping to one day get to the other side when God created us for a reason, for a purpose, and that he has a plan for our lives. In Esther chapter 4, verses 12 through 14, you know, we read up until this point that there was sort of a, what I would refer to as an enemy in the camp, if you will. His name was Haman, and he was a part of the king's kind of governing body, if you will. He was part of, you know, the decision-making, um, this man named Haman, and he was, he was an evil, wicked man. He hated the Jewish people. Uh, he hated them so much that he wanted to destroy them and remove them from the face of the planet. He just was so despised by their existence, and so he, along with his wife, devised this evil plot to destroy them. Well, Mordecai, who was Esther's cousin, just, and I'm, if you could see me right now, I'm using air quotes, um, happened 
to hear about this evil plot. Um, and if we can just uh, just kind of apply the brakes right here. I mean, God is even at work in the life of Mordecai. There was a reason why Mordecai was in that spot at that moment that he was able to become aware of this evil plot that Haman was devising to destroy the Jewish people. I mean, why was he there at that moment and not earlier in the day or later in the day? I mean, uh, here again, God was at work in the life in the life of Mordecai, you know, behind the scenes for a divine purpose that was far greater, far bigger than just Mordecai himself. He didn't didn't just happen to be there. He just didn't happen, you know, to catch wind of this evil plot. He didn't just happen to be in earshot. He didn't just happen to become aware. No, no, no. God positioned Mordecai there for such a moment as this because he knew that Mordecai would would be would be activated to to make Esther the queen aware of this evil plot that Haman was devising together with his with his wife and and so Haman was communicating this this evil plot this plan to destroy the Jewish people with you know kind of a couple of other people that could help him in you know just kind of executing this plan to destroy the Jewish people so Mordecai in Esther chapter 4 verses 12 through 14 sends this message to Esther and he says this don't think for a moment that because you're in the palace you will escape when all the other Jews are killed if you keep quiet at a time like this deliverance and relief for the Jews will arise from some other place but you and your relatives will die who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just a time as this let me repeat that last part who knows if perhaps you were made queen for just a time as this? I mean, come on, somebody. See, it was more than just Esther's beautiful looks that that made her and positioned her to be queen of this nation. God had raised her up and placed her there for such a time as this. God, knowing all things, knew that this evil plot would would become made uh, would become known and that he would um, because he loved the Jewish people he wanted someone to be in position that could make a difference and so here is young Esther and he positioned her in this in this place for such a moment as this you know I, I think that uh, you know, as we kind of already talked about, she was just, you know, living the queen's life, you know, safe and comfortable. And and how many of us, uh, you know, myself included, you know, we've had to kind of look ourselves in the mirror and and say, you know what? I, I've had times in my own life where I've wanted to feel comfortable and live comfortably and lead from a comfortable place. But Man, you know what? God never designed for any of us to live safe, comfortable lives, to live on the on the sidelines of life and and to just kind of, you know, live 
comfortably. I believe that God, you know, God created you and me to have an impact in this world. And I'm just going to, I'm just going to be straight up with you. Having that kind of impact in the world for the kingdom of God does not happen from a place of, of comfortable living. And I think that if you and I are going to see a change in the world and come on somebody, how many of you know this world needs a change. This world needs a move of God, right? I mean, we would have to be, you know, living in a cave somewhere <laughs> to not to not know that this world needs a move of God. We we need we need God to move, right? Well, I think that it's going to require you and I to break up with comfort, to break up with the idea that that we were created to to live comfortable, safe lives. You know that that if we are going to partner ourselves and align ourselves with God's plan for our for our lives, it's going to require you and I to break up with comfort, break up with the idea of living safe, comfortable lives, and send it packing. Send it packing. Uh, I love what Corey Ten Boom said. She said this. She said, never be afraid to trust an unknown future to a known God. Don't you love that? And how many of us, you know, we kind of want, we kind of want a, a full-blown roadmap, if you will. How many of us want to know, well, Okay, so I'm willing to break up with living comfortably, but I kind of want to know all of the answers first. We kind of want to have a roadmap. We want to know what is up over the hill or around the corner. I, am I the only one? I mean, how many of you have asked God, well, okay, but what about this? Or what if this happens? Or what about that? Or it's like we kind of, we have all these different scenarios in our minds. And, and listen, God is not like that. He he wants us to to have faith in him and to have a faith-filled response to his leading in our lives and to let go of, you know, having having to know all of the all of the answers and all of the all of the the full-blown blueprint and, you know, all of the Ts crossed and all of the Is dotted before we will step outside of our comfort zones and live a life that's going to impact the world for the kingdom of God. Now is the time to rather than be driven by fear, to be drawn by the Holy Spirit into the destiny that you and I were created for. Let me repeat that. Now is the time to rather than be driven by fear, be drawn by the Holy Spirit into the destiny that you and I were created for. You were created for a destiny that only you can fulfill. You are a destined woman. You, you are a destined woman. There is a destiny that only you can fulfill, that only you can fulfill. Esther understood the power and importance of prayer and seeking the Lord for wisdom, strength, and courage. I love that about her because here's the thing. She was a woman just like you and just like me. You know, I'm going to read another little passage of scripture here that's going to really kind of let us in on, you know, quite possibly what she was thinking, um, you know, as she gives this response to Mordecai's information of making her aware of this evil plot that Haman had devised to destroy the Jewish people. But before I read her, her response to Mordecai, I really, I just really want to point out that 
Faith is not putting our heads in the sand. It is not denying reality and somehow tipping toe through through life with this Pied Piper type of response to what God is calling us, calling us to do in the world. It does it does come with, you know, just some like, you know, some fears. It does come with doubts. It does come with questions. It does come with, oh, I don't know how this is gonna turn out, but I'm willing to go. I'm willing to go, even though I feel like like this, even though I have these questions, even though I might not know what is ahead in the future, I can trust an unknown future to a known God. I can trust him that he has my best interests at mine and I I can trust him with my life. I can trust him with, with my one obedient yes. She says this to him in Esther chapter 4 verses 15 and 16. She says this in response to Mordecai. Go and gather all the Jews who are present in Shushan and fast for me. Neither eat nor drink for three days, night or day. My maids and I will fast likewise, and so I will go to the king, which is against the law, and if I perish, I perish. I'm going to go before the king, and if I perish, I perish. It's against the law. Listen, clearly we glean from Esther's directive to Mordecai that she isn't sure how this is going to work out, right? She says, I'm going to go. And if I perish, I perish. I mean, it's it's against the law. And so I don't know. Is he going to receive me? Because I am going unsummoned. And if you are unfamiliar with, you know, this kind of time in which Esther lived, you just didn't do that. You did not do that. If the king wanted to entertain you in in his presence, if he wanted to have a conversation with you, if he wanted to speak with you about anything, he would summon you. And until he did, you just did not go. Her life was on the line, literally. That decision to go before to go before the king, she could have died. For making that decision to go. Um, so clearly she is a woman just like you and just like me. When we know that God is asking us to do something, we know he's in it. Man, it's okay that you have questions. It's okay that you might have some doubts, that you might have some fear. It's okay to have those things. And it isn't that we need to somehow uh, wait to give our obedient yes to until those things are non-existent. Listen, I just want to encourage you to do it afraid, to do it afraid that you can give an obedient yes to God. You can make brave, bold, risky steps afraid, but the point is, is do it, to just do it, to trust him with those brave, uh, obedient risky um, steps, that that brave, obedient, yes, you can trust him. You can trust him. So here we have Queen Esther, an orphaned woman taken from obscurity of Jewish descent about to approach the king without being summoned. I mean, man, if you are not spurred on from from just this woman's witness, I don't know. I I am so encouraged by the boldness and the brave, obedient yes that she gave, that she gave to God. I, I'm going to go before the king, and I don't know how this is going to look, but I'm going to align myself with you, God. 
I'm going to align my faith and trust you. Man, that just so encourages me. I don't know that that I mentioned it last week. I can't quite remember, but I want to leave this week with with just these these last remaining thoughts. And again, I I don't know that I I mentioned it in last week's episode, but I just feel led to, to just address this again. You know, in the book of Genesis, chapter 15, Um, God is having this conversation with a man named Abraham. He and his wife, Sarah, were well advanced in years. He was given the promise by God at the age of 75. Abraham was 75 when God promised him that he and his wife would have an heir, that they um, that they would have a son. His wife, Sarah, would become pregnant and he would have an heir. Well, you know, I mean, they, they were not spring chickens. <laughs> I mean, they just, I mean, they were old, okay? They were just old. And so God is having this conversation with Abraham in Genesis chapter 15. Abraham is asking him these questions of, you know, look, God, and I'm paraphrasing here. He says, look, I hear you. I know that you gave me this promise. I know that that just wasn't up in my head, you know, but you spoke this to me. You gave me this promise, but here I am all of these years later, and you still haven't fulfilled the promise that you spoke to my heart. And how can it be that you said, I'm going to be a father of many nations. I'm going to have many descendants, and I'm not even a father of one. First of all, can I just encourage you that God cares about your questions, that he is not dismissive of the questions that you have. He's not rolling his eyes at you. He's not put off somehow by your questions. He wants to have conversation with you. You can ask him those hard questions. You know, it's just who he is. You can have those hard questions with him. And he's not upset with you. He's not disappointed in you. But in this passage of scripture in Genesis chapter 15, verse 5, he says to Abraham, Come out from where you are and look up into the sky and count the stars if you can. And that is the number of descendants that you will have. You know, I shared at She Rises just a couple of weeks ago at this point in my message. I shared with those ladies and I would share here on the on the podcast. You know what God really spoke to my heart in that passage of scripture is come out from Whatever you feel like would disqualify you from God using your one life, whatever you might think would disqualify you, whatever um, whatever you would feel like God could never use me, that I'm not a carrier of God-given potential, that I don't have gifts lying on the inside of me, that I couldn't make a difference in the world, that I don't have a sphere of influence. Whatever whatever you would feel like would be a disqualifier of God being able to use your one life, I believe that God is saying, step out from that and look up and begin to align yourself. In other words, how you see yourself, how you see your life, how you see your future. Step out from those disqualifiers and those self-imposed limits and begin to see yourself through my eyes. Begin to see yourself through heaven's lens, 
through through my eyes, God is saying, I am your creator. I am not a respecter of persons. And I have placed on the inside of you something that this world needs, that your generation needs, that is going to have an impact in your sphere of influence. Begin to disassociate yourself, break ties with anything that you feel like would disqualify you and turn and align yourself with me. Reject the lie that you don't belong. Reject the lie that you don't belong. Listen, you are not an orphan. You are not just aimlessly walking through life. You you have a family. You have you are a part of the body of Christ. God calls you his own. You have been you you have been adopted into the family of God. You are not an orphan. Your citizenship is in heaven. You are a child of the most high God. And above any other role that you might fill in this world, first and foremost, you are a daughter of the King of Kings. Reject the lie that you don't belong. Reject the lie that the world doesn't need what you're carrying. Reject the lie. Reject the lie that the world doesn't need and could not benefit with whatever it is that God has placed on the inside of you. This is not the time for you to hide and to withdraw. This is the time for you to stand firm in who you are in Christ. This is the time for you to stand, to fully align yourself with kingdom principles, to fully align yourself with the truth of who you are in Christ, to stand up in a bow down world. This is your time. This is your time. And so when you think about living, living your life as a woman, aligned with kingdom principles, aligning yourself with how God sees you, I want to ask you these these questions to just kind of, um, you know, just kind of maybe promote some introspection and maybe even taking it a step farther and inviting the Lord into these questions that I'm going to ask you and allow him and, and through the power of his Holy Spirit to show you, is there something that you are misaligned in so that you can step out from that proverbial tent, if you will, and begin to look up and see yourself through the lens of heaven, through the lens of faith, and fully align yourself with how God sees you, how he sees your life, how he sees your future, and the way that he leads you. He leads you triumphantly. He doesn't lead you through your past or through labels or through opinions or the mistakes or the failures that maybe you can Look back over your life and see. He doesn't lead you through that. He leads you by those things. He leads you triumphantly. He leads you victoriously. He leads you in how he sees you. So when you think about being an aligned woman, is how you see yourself, your life, and your future fully aligned with what he sees? Are you still looking at yourself your life and your future through the lens of your past, through the lens of a mistake or a failure that you've had, through trauma of some kind? Are you still looking at yourself through the lens of a betrayal that you had in your life? 
Are you looking at yourself through the lens of labels that someone has placed upon you or even labels that you've placed upon yourself? Are you viewing yourself through the lens of rejection? Are you viewing yourself through the lens of lack? Or whatever it is that you might think would disqualify you. Listen, those things, they will only serve. They will only serve as, as, as containers to your God-given potential. When that conversation was taking place with Abraham, I have to believe that it was, you know, in a tent because, you know, that that's kind of where they dwelt. You know, they didn't have homes like you and I do. They were living in, in tents, you know, and, and when God says step out and look up, I have to believe that that he had to step out physically from from that tent or wherever it was that he was that he was in to be able to look up and count the skies. Well, when you and I when you and I are living our lives through these types of lenses that I just went through, listen, those things are serving as containers. When when you and I are living in a proverbial tent, if you will, that's limited. You know, you can only go from one side to the other side. There, 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 it's a container. It's limited. But man, when you step out from that, when you step out from those things, those things that you feel like would disqualify you, and you begin to take brave, bold steps and begin to fully align yourself with how God sees you, how he sees your life, and how he sees your future, man, he begins to put his super on your natural and supernaturally, you will have impact in this world for the kingdom of God. In and of ourselves, we have a capacity. We are not self-made people. We have a capacity in and of ourselves. We're limited, right? But when, but when we allow God, when we fully align ourselves and we allow God to put his super on our natural, you and I are an unstoppable force in this world. You, you, that's how God sees you. That's how he leads you. I know that you might not look at yourself that way in the mirror. You might not feel that way necessarily. You might not think of yourself that way, but listen, that is how God sees you. Can I humbly encourage you? Don't wait for your feelings to be your motivator before you fully align yourself to kingdom principles. Listen, your feelings will eventually catch up with you, but you can't rely on and trust and put everything into how you're feeling on any given day because your feelings, they'll betray you. They're, they're not good leaders. <laughs> they're not good leaders of us. We need to allow his truth, his truth to be the leader. His truth to be the leader. Jesus said in the Gospel of John, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. Let his truth be your compass. Let his truth, let me say that again, let his truth be your guiding compass. Let his truth be your leader. Amen.
hey, I hope that this added value to your life. I hope that this spurred you on and encouraged you. Know that I am in your corner. Uh, I am believing in you. I'm believing for you. I am championing you on. This world needs you. And whatever it is that God has called you to do in this world, it has value. It has worth. It might look differently than what I'm doing or what someone else is doing. But make no mistake, it is not any less significant or valuable. We need you. We need you. Yes, you. I'm talking to you. We need you. Well, hey, have a great week. Stay well. Um, stay connected to, to Jesus and fully align yourself with him. Have a great week. I will catch you next week and we will uh, dive into the, the third part of this mini-series, Being a Woman Activated and Ready to Take Brave Steps to Fulfill the Plans and the Purposes that God has for you and for me. Have a great week. Well, I hope that that was a blessing in your life. I'd love to hear what you walked away with from this week's episode. Drop a comment and let me know. I read and respond to each and every one of them, and I would love to hear from you. We all know people who could use some encouragement, especially nowadays, right? If you felt this episode was a blessing to you, would you share it with the people in your life? Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode because a new one drops each and every Wednesday. And would you be willing to leave a review and maybe even a few stars? It not only fills my heart and means so much to me, but it helps women find the podcast and be encouraged too. Have a fabulous week and I will connect with you right back here next week.